What's up, everybody? On this week's episode, I'll discuss the fight that took place between Khabib and Conor over the weekend. We'll briefly touch on the chaos surrounding now-confirmed Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I'll tell you about two groups of people who are currently pissing me off. Plus, I'm going to hand out the first ever What's Happening Creep Award. So I yeah. I'm Grayson Gregory, and this is the Prove Me Wrong Podcast presents What's Happening. So off the top, we got to talk about Judge Kavanaugh and the chaos that has been surrounding Trump's Supreme Court pick. So Judge Kavanaugh has been very controversial, and we found out over the weekend that he was in fact going to be confirmed. And that's it. That's all I got on the matter. I've tried following along. I've read numerous stories. I've listened to a bunch of people who are much, much smarter than me discuss it. But this isn't that type of show. You want some detailed report on it? Look to someone else. I sat through the entire hearing and I don't know who or what the fuck to believe. So that's all I got. Moving on. So I'm sure many of you just like me sat around and watched the fight on Saturday night. I was actually at a wedding so we had to get the stream on a cell phone. There was about 20 of us all sitting around watching the fight and I only watched the main event and I actually didn't even know about all the chaos that took place until the next day because I went into drinking and party mode and I wasn't sitting there checking Twitter or the Reddit accounts. And oh my god did things go off the rail. <laughs> say this one quick thing. Many people would hit me up and ask me about who I was rooting for or what my thoughts were on the fight and I kept seeing this recurring theme for people that didn't like Conor McGregor. They kept saying that they like Khabib. Oh, Khabib's so humble. Oh, we want to see Conor McGregor be humbled. He's too braggadocious. The only person I ever want to hear talking about being humble is Kendrick Lamar. It's levels to it, you and I know, bitch, be humble. I don't give a fuck about humble fighters. That's not why any of us tune in to watch the fights. If you were rooting for Khabib, how many of you had ever seen a Khabib fight prior to Saturday night? How many of you had ever paid for a pay-per-view of Khabib's prior to Saturday night? We don't give a fuck about being humble. We watch the fight because Conor McGregor is who Conor McGregor is. And if you happen to watch it, Conor got his ass kicked. I think he won a round, but now the whole fight's not even being discussed because after the fight, that oh-so-humble Khabib scaled the cage, jumped into the audience, tried to take on to Connor's team, to which I'd say that's the most gangster shit I've ever seen. Never seen one guy just try and take on a whole team like that. Kudos to Khabib for that. I'm not mad at it. So many people were talking about how humble Khabib is didn't look too humble in victory there. And people will go back and say, oh, well, Connor been talking shit on his family and on his religion and on his country. Those are the things that happen leading up to a fight. That's precisely why you bought the fight if you watched it. Daniel Cormier, who's one of the nicest guys in all the UFC, Olympian, good guy, dad, still married to the same guy. Not many people buy his pay-per-views. And the ones that they do, 
it's because he's fighting Johnny Bones Jones, a guy who's been involved in a hit and run with a pregnant lady, a guy that's now been suspended twice now by USADA, a guy that's openly admitted to using cocaine before fights. You don't buy it for Daniel Cormier. So please just spare me with the, oh, we like seeing the humble guy. No, you don't. This is MMA. This is the UFC. Nobody wants to go see the two nice guys go out and fight. You want to see Nate Diaz for Connor. You want to see two shit talkers. Now, granted, I'll give you, I'm probably on what they would call Team Connor. I'm on the Connor bandwagon. But if you're a big fight fan like me, I ask you the question if Connor loses his next fight, do we still give a shit about him anymore? I heard a day on the Joe Rogan podcast he had on John Cavanaugh, who's Conor McGregor's head coach, and he said that he wants to immediately run it back with Khabib. But I don't want to see that. Do you? Do you think the outcome would be any different if they ran it back? I think the only fight out there for Conor right now is doing Conor versus Nate Diaz 3. But if he loses that fight, isn't the mystique gone? Does anybody still care to watch him? I would argue the next fight is the biggest fight of his career. One of my favorite rappers, the great philosopher right now, Cardi B, talks about the weight on her shoulders feels like boulders. Press on your shoulders, feel like boulders, where you gotta make sure that everybody's straight. That is exactly what's gonna be happening to Conor McGregor in his next fight. Because if he loses his next fight, That'll be three in a row. Of course, I'm counting Floyd Mayweather in that, but can you really keep losing fights and then be able to go out there and be that braggadocious self and people are gonna still wanna tune in? Or at some point, is he just the guy that's talking shit that can't win a fight anymore? Now, albeit he's taken on the biggest challenges in all of MMA, if not all of fighting, had no business fighting Floyd Mayweather, taken two years off, came back and fought Khabib. The first time he fought Nate Diaz. It was on a short-term basis. It was supposed to be at 155. Nate Diaz said, no, let's go to 170. So he went up a whole nother weight class. So I do think that matters. I do think that counts. But if he loses again, where do we go from there? And trust me, I'm not rooting for it because I think MMA is much better when Conor McGregor is good. Just like I think the NBA is better when the Lakers and Knicks are good. Baseball is better when the Dodgers and Yankees are good. I root for greatness. I like when Tiger Woods is out there dominating the field. And I like when a guy like Conor McGregor is out there beating the shit out of guys. So is this the beginning of the end for Conor McGregor? Only time will tell. But I'm saying tick, tick, tick. That clock is ticking and he only has one more fight to turn things around. So quickly, I saw something over the weekend and it's something I've always known existed, but it really just started to make me what Chris Delius calls BRM. And BRM stands for Blood Red Mad. And what I'm talking about is those people that call themselves for parents. This may apply to some of you listening right now. If you are someone that labels themselves as a fur parent, just know you're 100% what's wrong with the world right now. Sure, there's organizations like the KKK and ISIS, but those organizations are child's play compared to those of you that call yourselves fur parents. Now, if you wanna do that behind closed doors, fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. This is America. I believe in freedom and you're allowed to do whatever you want. But if you take to social media and call yourself a fur parent, in my mind, that is no different than pouring acid on a passerby. And the crown jewel of all of these people 
are those that run a pet account. Have you seen these people on social media? It's usually just on Instagram, but it's people that have set up a separate account for their pet. The who? The her. I mean, how much free time do you have and how self-involved do you have to be to run a fan pet account for your pet? And I'm serious, have you seen these? The captions? Jesus fucking Christ. They type captions as if their pet now has opposable thumbs and has learned the English language. These people. They speak in the third person. And they'll post things like, just chilling while mom and dad are making dinner. See what I mean? This is way worse than those in the terror organizations. It pisses me off when parents will make those posts about their children's and then they'll talk about like, oh, how mommy and daddy. No, 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 no. You use that dad's name. You use your own name. Don't talk in third person about how your child and mommy and daddy this. This is so goddamn dumb and childish and I can prove it. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna buy myself a stuffed animal. Start an Instagram account for it and start posting as if my stuffed animal is actually the one posting these things. If I did that and you guys never heard any of this, you would think I was going fucking crazy. And you know what? You'd be right. And yet these people run fan accounts for their pets and we just let them get away with it. Even worse, some of you follow these accounts. You're condoning and supporting your friends going crazy. Make me crazy. Stop, call for help, book an appointment with the shrink. I mean, seriously, I love dogs. I loved it. I've wanted one for years, but my life's so chaotic, I've never pulled the trigger on one. So this isn't Grayson hating pets thing. This is for all of you that call yourselves a fur parent or run a pet account. I'm legit worried about your well-being. I'll give you another example. Plants are beautiful. Everybody loves a blooming flower. Now, what if I created a fan account for said plant? You would think I'd lost my marbles. But yet we allow people to get away with this and their pets. If you're doing this, stop. You look silly. Take that time and put it into something else. Please, please, please stop running a fan pet account for your pet. Nobody cares. But moving on, I told you that there's two types of people that are annoying me right now. And one is coming earlier than expected. For all the old Prove Me Wrong podcast fans, you'll remember me talking about premature Christmas decorators, how I wanted to make Christmas great again, and how Christmas should only be celebrated from December 1st to December 25th. But I'm here to tell you, I saw my first Christmas post of the season on October 5th. 2018 and this wasn't even like someone posting about seeing decorations and how excited they were no 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 this is someone whose chick had already decorated their house i'm talking stockings and all hey person i can't name what the fuck are you doing you guys are two whole months early look if that's what you choose to do okay i can somewhat tolerate it but let's just call it what it is. You guys are playing house. You know who also pretends like it's Christmas? My nieces and nephews, and they're four, not in their late 30s. And hey, look, 
I know I do a lot of questionable things. I'm at concerts like once a month. I'm probably too old to be at some of those concerts. I get it. I get that people might talk shit about it, but the difference is these pet people or these people playing house doing Christmas in October, I'm not so sure they're self-aware about how crazy this actually is. Maybe I'm wrong, sure. 100% a possibility, but somehow I don't think so. Moving on, now let's talk about some religious phrases that are commonly used, but I don't think that those who use them actually think about the words that are coming out of their mouth. And let me preface this next topic with a bit of a disclaimer. I discuss religion on this show and in life a lot. I do not consider myself a religious person in the archaic sense of believing, you know, People can be born to virgins. People come back from the dead. If you do, and that helps you in life, great. I hope that it gives you everything you want out of this life. I hope it brings you joy and that it provides you a light in those dark times. I really do. However, religion in that archaic sense does not do that for me. I'm not an atheist. I consider myself agnostic. I'm open to any and all possibilities. And I believe that saying that there is absolutely no God is just as silly as saying that you absolutely know that there is a God because you don't. I come from the school of thought and if we were all 100% honest with ourselves when confronted with the question rather there is a God or not, we would all have to answer with, I don't have any way of knowing whether there is a God or not. I entertain a lot of ideas. Over the last few years, I've been fascinated with the simulation theory. If you don't know what the simulation theory is, I'll link to a few videos down below for you to check out. And I hope it's a topic I'm gonna to discuss later on down the line, but today's not gonna be that day. A lot of things I believe, or at least consider the possibility of, can seem crazy. And I'm okay with that. The problem I see with those that consider themselves religious, just absolutely rule out the fact that some of the things they believe are irrational. If not, you know, a little bit crazy too. But when you belong to one of the older religions, it's easy to just get in the pattern of behavior without really examining those scriptures, ideas, or phrases. So let's get into one of those phrases right now. Phrase number one. Now this is a phrase you'll hear religious people of all faiths use, but I don't think any of them truly think of the ramifications of what they are saying. And that phrase is, I'm a God-fearing man. Or, we're progressive around here, I'm a God-fearing woman. Although I've never heard the latter be used, but you all heard the phrase, I'm a God-fearing man. To which I say, wait, wait. Why do these people say this phrase as if it's actually a good thing to be celebrated? You fear your so-called loving God? How on earth is that a loving or good thing? Which are attributes that I think most people assign to their God. You know what I think it is? I think it's just one of those phrases that's been in the religious people's lexicon that just gets regurgitated throughout the generations without ever pausing and thinking about what they're actually saying. To be perfectly honest, when I was a Christian, it was even a phrase I used myself. But you fear your God? How is that healthy or good? I'll give you a few examples. Like what if your dog was an owner fearing dog? What if it feared you? Or fellas, if you're married, what if your wife was a husband fearing wife? Or if you're a parent, what if your child told you they were a parent fearing son or daughter? In all three of those scenarios, if your dog, spouse, or child told you that they feared you, wouldn't that kill you inside? Would that make you a good person? And if it didn't, 
then what type of monster would you be? But it's a phrase that's been regurgitated by generations of religious people, so it goes completely unexamined, and we just continue to let those that use go unquestioned without asking them why they say that is a good thing. Furthermore, to examine that a little bit further, if you're one of those people that are simply doing things or constantly acting out of fear, do you think that's a good thing? Take doing charitable work or donating your time to a worthy cause. Isn't it better to do those deeds from a place of love over a place of fear? Now I'm sure some of you are thinking right now, who cares what the motivation is as long as the end result is a charitable deed happens? And I would argue a lot. To go back to my previous example of your pet, spouse, and child fearing you, now it's been a while since your boy has been in a relationship, but I imagine not a lot has changed since the last one I was in. It's about respect, it's about love, it's about having a true teammate in life, it's about doing things for one another. Now what if your significant other did a lot of things for you? You know, cleaned up while you're at work, surprised you with a book you casually mentioned in conversation a few weeks ago, surprised you at work with flowers, bought you tickets to that concert you've been wanting to go to, the deed can be literally anything. But what if you found out they were doing all these things solely based because they feared you? They feared your wrath if they did not do these things. Doesn't that change the outcome a bit? To me, intent matters. Now take any of those previous scenarios and imagine your partner did something selfishly and purely out of love. They just wanted to please you. Can you really tell me the outcome of you receiving that book, getting those concert tickets, making that meal for you, but your spouse did that solely out of fear is a healthy thing? I would say, oh hell no. But it's religion, so we just let people get away with it. And look, let me reiterate, I think these are just things that are being said without meditating on it, without really thinking about it, without truly understanding what one is saying. If you are someone that uses this phrase or truly believes in it, I ask you why? No, like legit why? Comment section down below, let me know why you think it's a good thing. Maybe I'm getting something wrong here. That's why there's a comment section. Drop me a comment and show me the error of my ways. It's the same thing that can be said for every time there's a tragedy. We've discussed this before about thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers are gonna fix things. Thoughts and prayers are gonna get people through. And that's not all to say that thinking positively and having intent on things is not important because I think it is. I think if you're di diagnosed with a sickness or if you get injured, I think the way in which you think about it, I think it can help expedite your recovery. I think having a good support system around you and people that are loving on you can help expedite that recovery, can help dig you out of that hole. If you've been in a grieving process, I think people being around you and having a positive mental attitude can help you get through things. I went to point to a tattoo, but it's hidden. And I think the religious people actually believe in the phrase thoughts and prayers and thinks it does work in that manner. But I ask you this, if that religious person goes skydiving, they go in with a parachute or they go in with thoughts and prayers. If you're trying to get your wife pregnant, you're gonna actually have sex or are you just gonna go off thoughts and prayers? If you get sick, are you gonna go to the doctor and seek treatment or, or are you just gonna go off thoughts and prayers? If you're driving your car and you're running out of gas, you're gonna go fill it up or are you just gonna keep driving off thoughts and prayers? Thoughts and prayers sounds great, I understand it, but do you really believe that thoughts and prayers are just the answer or do you think that actions need to be taken? Like I said in the beginning, I think some of these religious things just get said over and over and it never goes without examination. So if you're one of those people, I ask you to sit back, take in one of these phrases and see what it really means to you if it actually serves a practical purpose in the year 2018. Like I said, 
I could be wrong. Name of the podcast, prove me wrong. I'm okay with that. Give it your best shot. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for me to hand out the What's Happening's first ever Creep Award. And the award for the inaugural Creep Award goes to... That's right, Drake. So you may be asking yourself, Grayson, why oh why is the man named Champagne Poppy that handed out a million dollars in a music video this year the first ever recipient of the What's Happening Creep Award? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me present Exhibit A. It's been alleged by multiple news sources that the 31-year-old Drake is dating 18-year-old model Bella Harris. And may I add the quick little caveat that Drake will now be 32 coming up on October 24th. Now, of course, in America, it's perfectly legal for a 31-year-old man to date an 18-year-old woman, but here's where it gets a little bit, dare I say, creepy? Here's E! News of the breakdown of their alleged relationship. Five things to know about Drake's rumored girlfriend. The new girl in Drizzy's life is none other than 18-year-old Bella Harris, who's modeled for brands including Nike, Forever 21, and coincidentally, Drake's OVO line. Bella's even modeled for Rihanna's Fenty line. Bella is the daughter of music icon and producer Jimmy Jam. He's known for his work with fellow producer Terry Lewis. Their most acclaimed work was producing for Janet Jackson. In June, Bella graduated from high school. She posted this photo dressed in her red cap and gown with the caption, Here's to new beginnings and new adventures. Graduated in June. Hmm. Although odd, still perfectly legal. Continue. Bella has two brothers and she's actually a twin. That's right, Bella has a twin brother named Max. Drake and Bella have known each other for at least two years. One of their oldest photos together dates back to May 2016, where they posed close together for a selfie. Stop, 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 stop the clip. Did you catch that? They've known each other since 2016. And I'm no mathematician, but 18 subtract the two, and what are you left with? Ah, a 16-year-old. I mean, look at this photo they took together when they were 16. People, don't forget it this time. This is a 29-year-old man posing with a kissy-faced 16-year-old girl. All right, roll the rest of the clip. The pair were first romantically linked in August when Bella posted a photo with her arms wrapped around Drake's neck and she captioned the pic, no place I'd rather be. E! News can't confirm the rapper closed down RPM Italian in Washington, D.C. this week for a private dinner with the model. A source says Drake waited for the upscale eatery to clear out before heading into the main dining room on Monday evening where Bella then joined him. Ooh, are you starting to see why Drake might be earning the first ever Creep Award? Now again, you might be thinking that I'm off my rocker and I'm looking too much into this and you believe that everything is on the up and up and Drake wouldn't dare tip his toes in those pedophilia waters. However, I'm not done yet. Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, I give to you Exhibit B. So one of Netflix's original programs that has quickly turned into binge watching classic is the show Stranger Things. Do you watch Stranger Things? I love Stranger Things. If you've never seen Stranger Things, it's a sci-fi thriller that's set in 1980s, has one of the 
greatest original soundtracks I've ever heard. It literally sounds like it was made in the 80s. It's awesome. The plot is centered around five children in a fictional rural town in Hawkins, Indiana. And at the center of the cast is a character simply named Eleven, who's played by child actress, let me say that again, played by child actress, Millie Bobby Brown, who is currently 14 years old. Now this may seem obvious what I'm about to say, but to put that into perspective, her birth date year is 2004. I know you guys all know how to do math, but sometimes we don't put that in context. She was born in 2004. Without you guys knowing how old I really am, I graduated high school in 2004. It feels like yesterday. I actually can't believe it's been 14 years. But I digress. Now, I'm sure many of you are trying to figure out what this show and this actress has to do with Drake being awarded the Creep Award. Well, just check out this interview from Access from two weeks ago on the red carpet of the Emmys. Hit it. What about your relationship with Drake? Tell me about your friendship. How uh, did this all come about? I love him. I met him in Australia and um, he's honestly so fantastic and a great friend and a great uh, great role model. You know, we text, we just text each other the other day and he was like, I miss you so much. I was like, I miss you more. He's coming to Atlanta, so I'm definitely gonna go and see him. I'm so excited, yeah. You and Drake, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. That's awesome. That's awesome. No guy holding the mic. Nothing about a 31-year-old man texting a 14-year-old little girl that he misses her so much is fucking awesome. Oh, but that's not even it. Hit it. What advice does he give you? Like, what does he say? Uh, about boys. He helps me. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's wonderful. I love What's him. What's his advice with boys? You know, that stays in the text messages. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Advice about boys in a private conversation? Where are the adults? How does everybody think that this is okay? How are more people not discussing this right now? Am I going crazy? Now do you see why Drake is the first ever recipient of the Creep Award? But just when you think it can't get any worse. Oh, the Creep gets so, so so much worse. So after that clip from Axis was aired on TV, the network then tweeted out the clip with the creepiest fucking caption I have ever seen. Before I show you the tweet, have I mentioned yet that she's 14? Yes, the child actress is 14. Let me say that one more time. 14 years old. Okay, so here's the tweet with the attached video that reads, on a scale of one to 10, we would give her an 11. Millie Bobby Brown looks fabulous on the Emmy's gold carpet, and she revealed that Drake is the man behind the curtain when it comes to her dating life. Hey, stranger things have happened laughing emoji. Right now, this is all I can do to give that tweet. I get the puns and I get what they were trying to say that maybe it's an 11 because she's Stranger Things and Stranger Things have happened. But let me reiterate one more time, 
This is a 14 year old that they're giving an 11 to and are joking about the fact that Drake's been giving her boy advice. I mean, what in the actual fuck? Who tweeted that? Who thinks it's okay to talk about a 14 year old child looking like an 11? Who thinks that it's okay for Drake to be texting a child that he misses her? Apparently, everyone involved as this tweet and the video are still up over two weeks later. You know what? Drake receiving the Creep Award isn't enough. In fact, for the first ever Creep Award, I'm now giving it to Drake. An honorable mention is going to this network that aired and tweeted out this interview. So hey, Axis, congrats. You too are now officially a creep. So that's it, that's what's happening. Sorry for the slight delay of getting this most recent episode out, had a little bit of issues with the computer, but we're back up and running and the podcast is a rolling. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Ding that bell so you get notifications so you know when each and every episode is out on YouTube. If you like this week's episode, please give me a thumbs up and don't forget to give the Facebook page a like as well. Oh, also, we've now set up a separate Instagram account that you can follow at Prove me wrong pod. And of course, give me a follow on all socials at Grayson underscore Gregory. I appreciate every one of you. I'll catch you next week. Peace.